0: This is Cruise Radio.
1: Cruise Radio is sponsored in part by TripInsurance.com, making it easy to buy travel insurance at the best available price. Get a quote today at TripInsurance.com.
2: Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio.
1: Radio. How's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. Coming up on this week's show, we're going to have a review of Disney Magic. Also, staff writer Richard Sims is standing by to break down the whole, getting some listener emails about how do I win a free cruise by playing in the casino. I have no clue. Richard's won a couple, so he's going to break that down and talk to us about the threshold and all of that here in just a couple of moments sherry laskin will have cruise news on this weekend's episode of cruise radio rewind look forward to talking to her in just a few days let's see what else do we have here if you want to stay up to date with the cruise news don't forget about cruise radio rewind it's our daily quick hits of the news monday through friday you can listen to it right where you've listened to your favorite podcast just type in cruise radio news all right staff writer richard sims is on the line hey richard Hey, Doug. Thanks for having me. So I have three questions here. The first one from Jenny. What is a cruise casino offer and how do I win one?
2: Most of the time when people talk about free casino cruises, they're talking about um, cruises that have been sort of given to gamblers and they're not necessarily free because – The gamblers have earned that by spending money in the casinos. Now, there are other ways to get casino casino offers, including a lot of times land-based casinos. Like maybe you have a casino near you and... If you get their flyers, they might say, "Oh, if you come today, we're going to have um, uh, we're going to be giving away certificates that are good for a cruise." These again go to their big cruisers. They're usually cruises, cruise lines, and the uh, hotel or casino on land have an arrangement with each other, and they sort of send business to each other. So they will send out a, a flyer to their own this is the hotel on land they'll send out a flyer to their sort of good gamblers people who they know are good customers who drop a lot of dough in the casino and they'll say oh we have this certificate for a free cruise usually it's an inside room and they have they there are um you know you just like just like if you're booking a cruise yourself you can pay to get a, an upgrade to a better room. But um, again, they're not necessarily free cruises, and not everybody is going to get that offer from the land-based casino. It's going to be the people that they know they um, have a good relationship with, who come regularly, who drop coin, and who they know are going to do the same thing on the cruise line. And that's why the cruise line is willing to basically have them you know, come over and, and take a cruise with them.
1: Well, let's bring it on board then. Like BG asks, how much spend does it take for you to get a cruise when you're on the ship in the casino?
2: A lot. Um, there, There is no real magic number. This is something you see debated. Every cruise line and many individual cruise ships, you can find Facebook groups um, which are devoted to the casinos. You know, there's a Norwegian casino group and a carnival cruise group. And in those one of the most discussed things is what's the magic number you know how much do i have to spend the problem is that it sort of can depend on a few things including what you're gambling on um what happens is when you're gambling you put your casino card or your room card depending on what you're using in the machine and they use that to track how much you're playing on slot machines it's very easy they they you know for for a certain number of dollars in they give you a point and at a certain point level you move to um you move up the loyalty program but it becomes a little trickier when you're playing say table games because the table games are notorious for not tracking as well people will drop a whole lot of money on the table games like say you're playing three card poker and they will later complain that you know they didn't get anything in return for it they didn't get any rewards they didn't get any comps anything like that um because it's not you know that in that case it's up to a pit boss really to track how long you've been there how much you're playing you know how much you're winning how much you're losing whereas when you're playing a slot machine it's easy for them to track because your card is in there and they know every single time you push that button So there's no real magic number, but I will say this, you don't necessarily have to be a big gambler or drop a huge amount of money in order to get something from the casino. Um, My, my first cruise that I booked through the casino, I had not spent enough that they were going to give me a free room, but they gave me a 20% discount and I'm a solo cruiser, and at that time – and I believe they still do this at Norwegian, but there's always rumors that it's going to change. As a solo cruiser, I usually have to pay the single, the dreaded single supplement, which means I'm paying double occupancy. But when I book through the casino, I don't pay that double occupancy, so I usually get it for the single price. Plus another 20, 25 percent off, depending on when I book and what specials are going on and things. So while most people think of it as, you know, earning a free cruise, it's always worth if you've been gambling on a ship and you're looking to book another cruise with the same cruise line, it's always worth calling their casino department and seeing if you can get something. It never hurts to ask.
1: I was talking to the receptionist on the floor here um, actually earlier today, and we were talking about casino cruises because she told me she's never gotten a uh, a casino cruise before, but she's gotten some ridiculous rates for like $50 or whatever. And she's also um, where she buys the cruise at a regular price, and the casino will hand her once she's on board like five $100 bills. Have you heard of that
2: happening before? Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of, of like you know five one hundred dollars bills, but uh, for example, on my next cruise on Norwegian, I went up to from from one level to another, and every time I get on board, I automatically get a certain amount of money put on my account as an onboard credit just for having reached that level. Um, it varies from cruise line to cruise line. It's worth checking out though, because for example, MSC. Let's say you've never set foot on an MSC cruise, but you have a really good gambling record with Carnival or with Norwegian, one of their competitors. They basically um, sort of will do loyalty matching rates. Now, they do that with their loyalty program, not necessarily their casino program, but when you're going through there, you can also talk to the casino and see, you know, hey – Take a look at my record, see what I can get, and you know, can you throw me anything my way? Now, a lot of people also use – there's a company called UR Compt that a lot of gamblers go to, and what they do is they sort of serve as a clearinghouse. They look at your gambling record, and they say, okay, you've spent this much on this cruise – Um, you, you have this reputation with this cruise lines casino. Let's see what we can parlay that into you. Maybe we can get you a free cruise on this line. Um, and, and the reason that works is, you know, all of the lines want you on, if you're going to come on and spend a lot of money in the casino, that's why they're giving you a free room. They're not giving you a free room because they think you're an awesome person. They're giving you a free room because they think you're going to drop enough money in the casino to make it worthwhile. You know, maybe if, if you're, if you're gonna come on the ship and drop five ten thousand dollars in my casino then a two thousand dollar room is nothing to me you know you are comp sort of works the same way they look at what you've already done with other casinos and use that to try and get you good rates or free free um rooms on other lines that are basically competing for your attention
1: Man, you've opened my eyes. There's like this whole subculture of casino cruise people. <gasps> I had no clue.
2: <laughs> it is crazy. Um, and even, even for a casual you know, gambler, it's really interesting, because if you go in one of these Facebook groups, um, I'm a member of, of several of them, and I really enjoy being in them because the people in them are very helpful. Um, you can learn so much, you know, on some cruise lines they have a very specific formula in the slot machines. Like it might be $5 in will give you one point, you know, and then you have to figure out how many points it takes to get to the next level and all of that. Others, you know, it's not quite as scientific. There's also a big difference. There's two different ways points can be accumulated. And this is what I recently found out. That's fascinating. And it varies from cruise line to cruise line and also from like hotel to hotel, on in, in land-based casinos, there's there's some places do it by the amount of money you put in. For example, let's say you you bring five hundred dollars on the cruise. They're gonna every time you put twenty dollars in, they're counting that. But there are others that count it as money cycled through. So let's say you put twenty dollars in that machine, but you like maybe you hit two hundred dollars, and so you keep playing on that money. They count that. Instead of just the individual money you put in, they're also counting the money that you play off of your winnings. There's so many different ways that these things are calculated that – honestly, I think 90 percent of people who tell you that they know you know exactly what you need in order to qualify in any given casino for a cruise, I think 90 percent of them are full of crap.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean like my results could be different from yours and we could exactly. put in two different – yeah. I see what you're saying. Makes sense. Um, So our last question here is, do you have to pay taxes if you get a comped cruise or a reduced price cruise?
2: Yes. And you also a lot of times have to pay what they call an administration fee. Now, I'm sure that if you're a high roller, I have not (laughs) – I am by no means a high enough roller that they're like, you know – throwing money at me and saying, please, let us let us put you in a suite and we'll pay all of your your meals and we will you know, we'll 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 roll out the red carpet for you. I am not anywhere near that. And at that level, I'm sure things are much different. But for the average cruiser, yes, you're going to have to pay your port taxes. Yes, you're going to have to pay your taxes, uh, your, your regular taxes that are associated with a fee. I mean, with a cruise, you're also um, going to have to pay, you know, your your uh, gratuities, things like that. So for the most part, yes. And even on free cruises, there is sometimes um, an administration fee. So you might be getting a free cruise and they'll say, OK, but there's a two hundred dollar administration fee. And again, now, once you reach a certain level, they may completely waive that or they may fold it in. Uh, it, it varies. Um, and just to go back to the benefits for a moment. Free cruises aren't the only benefit. A lot of times, for example, if I go on a cruise and I haven't really dropped, you know, a big amount of money, I will still when I get my final bill, I'll notice that they've knocked things off. Like maybe I went to a specialty restaurant a, a couple nights ago and I was and I didn't have credit for it. So I was paying for it on my on my sale and sign card. They might take that off. Or maybe I spent you know, $30 in the gift shop or something, and they might take that off. So even if you don't qualify for a free cruise, it's worth – when you get on board a ship, um, meeting the people who work in the casino, talking to the casino manager – you know, so they know your face, so you know you have a little bit of a relationship with them. And at the end of the cruise, it's worth going up to them and being like, listen, anything you can do for me here? And they'll take a look at your account, and you might be surprised. They might be able to do something for you.
1: I remember a couple of years ago when I asked you to pick me up a model of Norwegian Escape, and you wouldn't take the money from me because you said that the casino host, what, he like comped it or something?
2: Exactly. I went to buy it on the last day, and it was, you know, it was I don't remember how much it was, like 50 bucks or something. And uh, and the next morning when I went to get off the ship, it was one of the things that had been taken off my bill. So I was like, here, Merry Christmas, Doug.
1: <laughs> and it's sitting in my entertainment center. Richard Sims, as always, thank you. And back at you. And just a reminder that you can send your listener questions to Doug at cruiseradio.net.
2: Check out our blog, the video page, and interact at cruiseradio.net. When
0: is your next cruise? Where are you going? And what are you going to do once you get there? Market-leading specialist, cruisingexcursions.com, offers savings up to 60% offshore excursions versus cruise line prices. Whether it's private, shared, scenic, historic, or family tours, cruisingexcursions.com has up to 12,000 excursions in over 700 ports worldwide, like Rome, Vatican City, St. Petersburg, Sydney, and Jamaica, just to name a few. You can even bundle your excursions for more savings. Make your next vacation affordable and unforgettable by visiting cruisingexcursions.com.
1: A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker from my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. Daniel just returned from a five-night cruise aboard Disney Magic out of New York City. It was a Halloween on the high sea sailing, and Daniel joins us on the line. Hey, buddy.
0: Hey, Doug. How are you?
1: Good, man. Thanks for uh, calling in and giving this review of this Disney Halloween-themed cruise. So before we get to Disney Magic, as we always do, we're going to take a step back. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. What made you want to take this five-night cruise out of Manhattan?
0: Well, it was sort of a, a perfect storm of stuff. Number one, my daughter and I live um, on the Upper West Side of Manhattan here in New York City. And we can see the Hudson River from our apartment. And I run a lot and always run south along the West Side Highway and pass by the cruise ships. And I've always been like, wow, instead of having to commute to Miami or Fort Lauderdale, what a blast to be able to leave our house, get there. In this case, it was I timed it at 5 minutes and 16 seconds to Pier 81. Nice. That's intense, yeah. And that was number one. Number two, I'm turning 50 soon, and I always wanted to take my daughter out of school. She's in first grade. And take her on some sort of uh, exotic vacation, surprising her. And that is precisely what I did uh, the day before... The cruise, I showed up, I took her out, and said, we're going on the cruise, and she freaked.
1: How um, cool is that, man? That is, that is so awesome.
0: Thank you. My daughter loves Disney stuff. She is a haunted mansion, aficionado, and loves pirates, so there is a Pirates Night on the cruise ship, and the theme is Halloween, so it all worked out pretty well.
1: So a couple of questions before we talk about embarkation. Is this your first time sailing on Disney Cruise Line?
0: It is not. We did a cruise when she was very young, when her mother and I were still together on the Disney Magic, Mm -hmm. and then another on the Disney Fantasy. So this is our third.
1: Are you and the daughter a big Disney family? Like, do you go down to Walt Disney World and do trips or over to the Disneyland in California?
0: We do. Unapologetically, we are (laughs) Disney geeks and Universal Geeks, my daughter, and Halloween winners, Hermione. So we're we're all, we are, we're all in.
1: That's awesome. I hear you. And I'm an annual pass holder myself. So I, I feel you on the uh, going to Disney and being a Disney freak. Um, so you make your way, like you said, it was minutes from your place to the pier where Disney Magic was docked. How was the embarkation process in Manhattan?
0: Really, really good. Um, we, we got there a little late. We had we had lunch here in our apartment and figured, you know, just to sort of luxuriate in the convenience of getting there. We we were in no rush. Um, we were also on the, we had a concierge level room, which expedited the embarkation. So we got dropped off by Uber. We gave the guy our bags. I would say that we were in the Uber at 2.02 p.m. and we were on the ship and this is Like, this could be a a Guinness Book of World Records or something. We were on the ship at 216.
1: Wow. That is, yeah, that could go for Guinness. We need to get a hold of them and tell them that. (laughs) uh, So you make your way on board magic. Uh, What was your first impressions this go around?
0: Really, really great. It's a tiny ship. I mean, relative to Royal uh, and Celebrity. I've I've been on Royal um, Oasis of the Seas and Anthem and, it's it's it is charming. It's small. I don't remember the payload in terms of passengers, but I believe that it holds under a thousand. Mm-hmm. And it is totally Art Deco themed. It was very clean. I think, Doug, that it's their oldest ship in the fleet, but I'm not sure. I think I think it might be though. And we were greeted. They do a you know great Disney stuff. They ask for your name and then they announce it on the PA, uh, welcome the Roberts family. There isn't a a great atrium. It's sort of a very small lobby. um, And it looks to me as if if someone had told me that it was built in 2017, I I would not be surprised. It was... um, Shift shape, no pun intended.
1: Yeah, wow. Yeah, you're right. This was the, this is their oldest ship, uh, which really isn't that old when you think about it. July 30th of 1998, Disney Magic entered service, and then uh, Disney Wonder entered a year later.
0: It really looked good. I mean, the only thing I, I know from having cruised and on Disney is that, or cruises in general, on the day when the crew has to has to switch everything over which I still think is sort of a miraculous feat. Yeah. You could see there's some circles under the eyes and stuff, but the the officers of the ship in white, everyone was smiling, giving out the high fours, you know, with the Mickey gloves. and <laughs> It was wonderful.
1: Very cool. So you make your way to your stateroom. You mentioned it was a concierge-level stateroom. Uh, what exactly does that mean, and what were your impressions of the room?
0: The room was uh, gorgeous. It has all this... Um, I think it's called burled wood, this very finely polished wood that, again, sort of evokes art deco or, you know, the golden age of travel, the 1930s. It's a separated into uh, two living spaces, a very spacious bedroom. And then my daughter was uh, on a pullout bed in the living room. Um, both rooms had LCD televisions. There were two two bathrooms, full bathrooms, more storage than we could possibly use there was a veranda that stretched the the expanse of both rooms and it was so cool because our view just when we were before we uh we disembarked was of the intrepid which is one of my favorite sort of touristy things even though i'm a native new yorker in manhattan so it was just really nice to see the intrepid just across the way
1: as far as there being enough space and plugs what did you think
0: it was decent. I would say that it was. I, uh, each of us had two USBs mm-hmm. and plugs. It wasn't – I think that's the only place where it showed its age a little bit, that it was not um, prepared for 2019 in terms of so many USBs. But yeah. like everyone, you know, I, I brought uh, additional modules.
1: Yeah, I hear you. So let's talk about the um, – actually, go back real quick to that concierge level. Was there a balcony on that?
0: Yes, we okay. had a, 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 a veranda that was the length of the room where we could hang out, and that was, that was wonderful. Yeah. And then the, there is an actual lounge. We were on deck eight, uh, midship, and the lounge is on deck 10. And the lounge was terrific.
1: If you book the concierge level stateroom, you mentioned the lounge access. Does it come with any other perks?
0: Most of the perks that sort it of generate from the lounge itself, they will, you know, make excursion reservations for you. They will get you prime seating at entertainment venues. They are just always asking you whatever you need. They were terrific. There were three women who took care of us and there was a breakfast rotation. There was continental breakfast, so that was cold. Then there were snacks at lunch but we were we i think we went there once Mm -hmm. um just because she was hungry for a cookie or something like that and then at dinner time they had an open bar and really nice hot and cold appetizers if we had any concerns at all we went there for instance we'll talk about this later i know but there were high seas on our final day coming Mm -hmm. back to the port of new york and they had sea bands ready for us and they were terrific
1: Oh, wow. That's awesome. Let's talk about the dining on board Disney Magic. And of course, Disney has rotational dining. So you're kind of hopping around to different dining rooms, but with the same dining team. So what was your experience with the rotational dining?
0: The rotational dining was great. I mean, it's just wonderful to get to know the three people who, who helped us. They knew Miranda liked, my daughter liked origami. So they always made her a little origami swan or a frog we chose the later seating and disney usually in the past when we dined the earlier seating will try to hook you up with another couple or single parent who has a child the same age but because we're sort of night owlish um, relatively we just sat alone but it was it was totally fine we enjoyed each other's company the three venues were uh, lumiere's which is more sort of french themed then there's animators palette which i would describe as continental but has wonderful special effects on the wall where everything starts out in black and white and by the time you get to dinner it's uh, it's technicolor and it's fascinating and fun to watch not only for my daughter but for me Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and my favorite though is this place called uh rapunzel's table which we hadn't done before, which is based on the Disney movie called Tangled.
1: Like the Pinocchio's Pizzeria and the uh, Pete's Boiler Bites. Is that complimentary?
0: It is. Mm-hmm. That is all complimentary. And as is the Frozone, the soft serve ice cream, which is around that area. Yeah. And that is all complimentary, yes.
1: Okay. So let's talk about the entertainment on this five night cruise. What were your thoughts of it? We didn't
0: do too much. The Buena Vista Theater... Um, On the Friday night we were there was the world premiere of Maleficent. Mm -hmm. And they also premiered it there, which I really liked. That it was sort of like we were enjoying a world premiere of a movie that we probably would have gone to the low cinema to see. Mm -hmm. And that was very cool. The theater itself is beautiful, clean, free popcorn. There is a drink stand outside the theater. Um, Seats are wonderfully comfortable. There is a show that we saw before um, called Disney Dreams, which is OK. It's sort of there's no plot it, or a very weak plot that's a vehicle to get to um, some of the classic songs from Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and stuff that I would say is is good, but not worth a second attendance.
1: Mm-hmm outside of the theater like the music around the ship i know there's a a couple of spots i'm not sure if you like popped in there at all like the adults district or anything like that did you have a chance to experience that
0: i did i mean uh, miranda she would pick and choose the the times when she wanted to go to the kids club and she loved it there you know i would have to drag her out sometimes as happens and some (laughs) there there was one day where she just wanted to be with me and and it's, you know, it was her croons, it was up to her. Yeah. But when she would go there, I went, yeah, I think it's called After Hours. It has the the bars. And she did on Sunday, as I'm a football fan, want to go to the kids club. and I, Maybe I bribed her a coaster, <laughs> I, I don't remember. But I went to Ogill's and they had, you know, four screens going um, so I could watch some football. Maybe the most interesting thing I did um, solo while she was in the kids club, was they had a cartoon seminar where they had a professional Disney cartoonist teach us line by line how to draw, which is quite tricky, uh, Roger Rabbit. Oh, wow. And I love that. That It was, it was great. I um, had a glass of wine. I was with a lot of other adults. And in 45 minutes, we all figured out how to make Roger Rabbit. It was just, <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun and there are a lot on the on the ship. There were more single parents like me than I had uh, expected, and there were also there. There are a lot of adults who just like Disney and they go. Uh, you know, young millennial couples, many of them, and older retirees. So, if you are a single parent, you're going to have a lot of company.
1: Are you able to freehand Roger Rabbit now around the house in the office?
0: Uh, Hell no. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I would need to. I would need to be in that room with that man. It was right. <laughs> it was very. I, I, it didn't look like a rabbit until maybe like the last little thing on the nose. It was, but it, then it did. I was like holy Moses! I can't believe. That.
1: <laughs> All right, so this left out of Manhattan as we mentioned earlier. So you had three sea days and two days in port. Uh, how was the ship on the sea days as far as crowds and congestion?
0: Because it was October, the ship was not at capacity. It was close, but it wasn't there. So it was fine. It really was. I We never, aside from a, a couple of log jams at cabanas when we went in there for breakfast, it was, it was uh, totally fine. The first day leaving New York, it was rocky. The seas were. There were maybe five-foot swells, uh, maybe six-foot swells, and... Um, I think the winds were maybe 15 knots, Mm -hmm. but it was, you know, it was endurable. The last day got really, really tough, at least for me. My daughter was fine, but there were 35 to 40 knot winds and 10 to 12 foot swells. The captain named Jonathan was great. He was constantly checking in and telling people when the conditions would uh, subside a little and they did on this final on the fifth day they did around noon but between the morning and noon it was um it was a little tricky
1: yeah how did the ship handle because it's like a what a thousand almost a thousand feet long and around eighty four thousand gross registered tons i mean was it getting tossed around with 10 foot seas
0: things were moving i yeah. mean like you could hear the hangars sliding from side to side mm-hmm so. Occasionally, I'd have to hold on to something, Yeah, but maybe that happened only two or three times.
1: Gotcha. So it wasn't like Poseidon Adventure or anything like that? No, <laughs> no, no, no,
0: no. It, but he did, the captain, I spoke with him, and I met him, a very nice man. Mm-hmm. He said, Doug, I forget what the, the technical lingo is, but they use some sort of weighted wings that's, that are in the water that they can control to, to counter-effect how the seas are moving.
1: Yeah, the stabilizers.
0: And the stabilizers, yeah. exactly. You know, as we discussed before, it was it's October in in the Atlantic. It's That's what it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I was on a cruise about a month before you were going up to the Canadian Maritimes. And that first day, we were we were kind of rocking and rolling, too. About the same size ship, a little larger. But yeah, I know what you're saying there. So you make your way to Bermuda. You spent a couple of days there. Uh, what did you do there? What were your thoughts of it?
0: It was uh, very quaint. I had been there when I was younger. You know, beautiful pastel structures, pink sand beaches. We actually, we booked a room as a home base, and I thought we might stay over um, because we were there overnight at a place called Cambridge Beaches. But we went there, there was no one there, and the manager was very formal and Bermudian, and he said, I'm sorry, sir, but, um, you know, we don't allow children under 13 here. And I said to him, but my daughter's very well behaved and we're not even staying over. We just sort of want to use the beach. It was the hotel closest to the ship. Mm-hmm. And he essentially he told us to, to get out. So we got out. We were front of the money, which is fine. And we went to their sister hotel called Pompano Beach, which was amazing and had a delicious lunch there. Very, very nice people built sandcastles used the room as a home base, did a little shopping at the souvenir store at the port, which had some good stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't schlocky or touristy. And it was sort of just lunch and swimming and the pool and the, the, maybe because it was off season, but our sort of home base room rate was under $200, which given all that it sort of afforded us, I thought was very reasonable.
1: So you were basically, like, turned away because your daughter was underage, and they, they pointed you to their sister property?
0: No. <laughs> we had to figure it out. We asked the taxi driver. Oh, the, wow. The, yeah, the manager of the hotel, and he, you know, the, the there was a very nice lady at reception saying, I don't think it's a problem because, frankly, we have, we have very few guests right now, and if you're not going to stay over and just have lunch and use the pool and the beach, but the manager thought otherwise, and they turned us away.
1: Wow. Interesting. Um, Okay, so outside of the resorts and everything like this, did you go to, what is it, Horseshoe Beach, I believe it's called?
0: Horseshoe, no, we did not. One thing on our second day in Bermuda, while Miranda was at the kids' club, right where the the cruise ships dock, there is a sort of repurposed or fabricated pirate ship that is just like an an old bar from the 1950s. It has a gangplank. That you can sort of <laughs> cannonball off into yeah and then swim back on the boat, and everyone went there was uh, a little tipsy, and everyone was <laughs> really friendly, and I loved it. It was a lot of fun, just jumping off, swimming back, you're in eyeshot of your of your boat, it was uh, of your ship I'm sorry, so <laughs> I, that, was, that was a Bermuda highlight, but this Pompano Beach hotel, great for kids, actually I had the best fish chatter of my life there nice. And the drunken pirate ship for adults were my port highlights.
1: I'm trying to think the – they had a signature drink there because I went there uh, last May and we we were having some cocktails and then finally got the balls to jump off the gangplank. And we kept <laughs> doing it and doing it and doing it. But yeah, you're right. It's like stumbling distance from the cruise ship. So it's almost impossible to uh, to miss the boat if you're there. That's, uh, exactly. that's exactly. awesome. So you make your way back to Manhattan. Um, going back there, seas a little bit calmer?
0: Well, that was the day that, that things were really bad. Okay. The, the first day going, I guess, uh, south and east was, I would say, assuming like an Oasis class Royal Caribbean in June is going to be a 2 out of 10 in terms of feeling anything, the Disney magic heading out from New York on day one and two was maybe a four and a half out of 10. Okay. But on day five, um, the last, our last day at sea, um, I, it got up to seven and a half. Wow.
1: Okay. Yeah. Crazy. You make your way back to Manhattan, um, because you were concierge, were you able to like debark the ship first if you wanted to?
0: We could, we decided to, (laughs) we decided to sleep as late as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I got Fruit Loops for my daughter and yogurt for me. So we just had breakfast. So, you know, we were we were all packed. The bags were out of the room at 8 o'clock. We had to start carry-on. We went to the concierge lounge. And then one of the ladies who run it took us and we cut the entire line. Nice. Which was, oh, man. We cut the entire line. I had an Uber waiting for us. And again, we were... If you hit all the lights, I know them very well. Mm -hmm. We were in that concierge lounge at around 8.05, 8.15, because you had to leave the stateroom at 8. And we were home at 8.56. Wow. (laughs) That's unreal. You just can't beat it. You can't beat it. Then she said, you know, do I have to go to school today, dada? I said, no. (laughs) It's a buffer day. There you go. That's
1: awesome. Now, like, are you sold on just cruising locally now? Like, do you think you'll keep going down to Florida or do you like that home port advantage too much?
0: That's a tough question. The rough seas, that's one thing that was just not pleasant because I've never experienced that. and I've done a lot of fishing. I thought I had pretty good sea legs, but I did really feel trapped. And in a way, having this beautiful, very long veranda worked against me because I could see the swells right out there and it sort of messed with my head a little bit but I would say yeah we will cruise out of Florida again but if it's um it's just too convenient and I you know I think the C bands worked you will know better than than I will if they if it's a scam or psychosomatic but <laughs> I thought they worked but then I thought how the heck do they work
1: yeah I think it's different like different for different people like I know that I have friends that swear by them I've never gotten seasick, knock on wood. And I've been like in 40-foot seas going across the Atlantic from Europe. Talk about getting thrown like a rag doll. But it didn't impact me at all. But people were buying those from the shop. You know, some people swear by the patches behind the ear that they get prescribed before they leave. So, yeah, I really can't right. speak on that because I don't get seasick. I, I just know what people tell me.
0: Got it. But, yeah, I mean, I, I would do it again. It's just so convenient. The location plus concierge. hmm it made it one of the most easy cruises that I could possibly imagine.
1: About the sports bar that was, you watched the game, Do they have a pretty good selection in airing most of the games?
0: There was one big TV, and I forget. I think you know it's, it's sort of first come, first served. Oh, yeah. I, I got a New York football. I think I got the Giants game sort of in front of me at the bar. But they had five TVs, so they had five games, which I think is, is pretty good.
1: Okay, yeah, that's not bad. Good selection there, too.
0: This was a Halloween on the High
1: Seas cruise, and we haven't even talked about any of the events around that. So talk to us about that.
0: There was a Halloween night where there was trick-or-treating, and that was the second night, and it was a lot of fun. People wore costumes, or they brought costumes, and you could go to different venues on the ship, and they'd give out candy, and there was traditional trick-or-treating. There was a lot of tie-ins with Disney villains, um you'll hear the grim grinning ghost soundtrack playing Mm. that day and a lot of the uh the cast members will indeed dress up there are halloween versions of the mickey and minnie and donald and i remember goofy was a mummy Uh. oh another thing they do so well on these ships Sorry to segue, but the turn down service was really cool because whoever takes care of our cabin—actually, his name was Atlee, He was great. Did towel origami in step with Disney characters or Halloween or Pirates Night? Oh, and that's another thing that, in, in addition to the, the Halloween night, the fourth night is Pirates Night, and that's a hoot. Everything is pirate themed. Everyone dresses like a pirate, and <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Awesome.
1: Now, looking back on this cruise, do you have any first-time tips to offer?
0: I do. I would say that one thing Disney does not do well is Mm Wi-Fi. And we disembarked on Tuesday. I think it was October 17th. And, you know, when when my daughter would be watching TV or at the kids' club, I would sneak and work. And it just would be, you know, my $85 package would go so quickly. My bill was over a 1000 bucks for the Wi-Fi. And I did not, on my iPad, put it into low data mode, which was my mistake. However, on the bright side, our concierge team recognized that was a problem, and she just reimbursed me $500 of that. Oh, wow. That was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, so my... There's also no ATM on board. I don't know if that's standard on ships or not. And... My other tip would be just if you have any sea sickness sensitivity that October's you should assume it's going to be rough.
1: Mhm. Speaking on the ATM, a lot of the cruise ships have ATMs, but the service fee to use it is like outrageous, like 6 bucks, like a $6 convenience fee to use it. Oh my god. Yeah, oh they, my goodness. Wow. And they they like to say, "Well, we're a cruise ship, not a bank." <laughs> I'm like, okay, so is the barbecue place down my street, but they don't charge $6 for the ATM inside there.
0: (laughs) Right, right, yeah, totally.
1: But yeah, so looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you?
0: The biggest highlight was the Pirate Night. Mm -hmm. Um, It coincided with the day I went to our gangplank pirate bar with the potent house drink that makes you have the courage (laughs) to jump off. And. My daughter went to the Bibbidi-Bobbidi Boutique and got totally made up like a pirate. Awesome. And that was the night we went to Rapunzel's Table, and it was the, the most entertaining of the three dining venues. And it was just, the theming was very effective because almost everyone on the ship was in pirate garb. Everyone was sort of buying into it, young and old, millennials and senior citizens, of course, all the kids. And somehow the combination of, I wore an eye patch I think. I didn't I didn't get dressed up, but she did. She went all the way after her transformation at the boutique of being in pirate world at Rapunzel's table on the ship. We stayed up dancing with these rogue Vikings till probably almost the latest of her life cuz she's 6 till like 11:30 p.m. and that to me was the highlight. It had all the best Disney elements which are The staffing, you know, the cast members, the theming, the entertainment value, the very good food on this ship, and the feeling that you're a kid again.
1: Yeah. All right, Daniel, what's your final thoughts of Disney Magic?
0: My thoughts are that it's a great little cruise ship, and I think that there are many uh, false associations between Disney and, you know, huge turkey legs and... Fried food and something brusque or something unsavory. But this is one of the more elegant, I mean, shockingly elegant, wonderfully run, clean ships I've ever been on or could imagine. And the food at the three rotational restaurants were occasionally like, again, I'm a New Yorker. They were like New York City good. Yeah. The staff is great and they make magic.
1: Very good. We've been talking with Daniel about his five-night cruise to Bermuda aboard Disney Magic out of New York City. Daniel, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your experience. Thank you, Doug. Big fan.
2: All right, Dougie, let's see what we got here, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced weekly in Jacksonville, Florida. For partnership opportunities, email Doug at cruiseradio.net. Hear Cruise Radio on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, The Stitcher Radio Network, Google Play, or at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer!